It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. <laughs> so many things to say to that. All right. Welcome to the Art Attack Podcast, where I, Josh Stifter, sit down with artists to talk about the hows and whys of what they do. This week, I am honored to have someone on the podcast who has essentially been my conspirator in animation over the past, oh my God, two, three years? Three Jesus, years. Three yeah. years. And <laughs> without this person, I would be unable to accomplish half of the stuff I've done. She's taught me oh. how to direct and helped me create things I never thought I would. And by that, I mean, literally, I never thought I would be making the stupid shit that we make on a <laughs> daily basis. But then oh, outside nice. of our actual job, other fun stuff and I, I feel like we've taught each other a lot about animation art and creating in general and marketing for that matter we discuss oh, yeah. that stuff all the time I have the pleasure this week of talking to lead animator and comic writer and soon to be yeah. com comic <laughs> publisher Lauren Eddy introduce yourself Lauren hello I'm Lauren Eddy and I'm a workaholic <laughs> She, she she truly is. She truly is. She's one of the few people who rivals me when it comes to the amount of time spent oh. working. How many hours a day do you think you work? Oh God, <laughs> I've actually thought of this a lot, and I've because this is this is in order to answer that, I actually actually tell you what my day is. My normal day is I wake up, 
I spend as little time as possible getting ready so I can get to the bus with barely enough time so I don't have to wait because I hate it. Sure. And then I'll get to work and I'll work through the day. Then I'll come home and I get to work right again. I'll work till I pass out. So. Do you work on the bus at all? What do you do on the I bus? I do work on do the bus. Do you really? Bus. Yeah. That's, I started doing that. That's why I started doing the flush diaries that I put on the Patreon. I'm on the bus for an hour. I know. I was literally on the bus or waiting for the bus three and a half hours yesterday so i think like so basically what i do is and on the weekend i'll work on the days too on the days that oh, bless matt's heart that that i get work who's but, matt uh, my boyfriend matt matt thielen oh bless his heart he's like just get out there yeah not work it's like but i have to i think i'd have to say i work about 20 to 30 hours a week Outside of my 40 Outside of the 40. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I think some weeks, I did, I, I tried clocking myself for about a month to see, like I was using the same, the same software that we were using at work back when we used whatever the fuck it was called, work oh, like, or whatever. Began with a B or something. Yeah, whatever. Blogger, blog. Yeah, that, that thing. That thing. Uh, when we were working on that, I would clock my hours there and then I had a separate account that was attached to that account so I could clock my hours at home when I worked and I realized I was working like 80 hours a week and I was like I have to stop clocking it because it just makes me depressed. I did the same thing <laughs> when they had it when I first started working there I'm like this is great I should clock my hours I'm never doing that again. <laughs> And when we're done working at the place we work now, we're going to have to uh, start clocking our own hours to pay ourselves if we're like bi business owners. That's true. Technically, I sh I'm supposed to be now because I own my own my own flush studios, but I don't think about it. Um, I'm going to be doing that in January, starting my own LLC. I'm excited. So you don't that. have your own business yet? Not yet. Technically, I technically I'm working it, but I don't have the name yet. Sure. But I'm thinking because I've kept this one name since the U of M, and I'm thinking of a uh, Mitten Face Studios is coming back. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's fun. I mean, I I come <laughs> okay. from a I come from a perspective of I'm I picked a name that is the worst fucking name anyone could have ever picked <laughs> in history. And it's taken uh, me. So I picked Flush Studios back in high school because it's a long story. I won't get into here, but and then I used it for so many years that that's what people recognize me as now. Like they know me. They know me from Flush Studios. So when I started the LLC four years ago or whatever, I thought about changing it. Right? I I came up with other names for what I was going to change it to. I had about a hundred names. Like at the top of it was Dueling Ponies Studio and or animation. Or there's like a whole bunch. Oh, I know. And, that, oh, there's there's one studio that. Oh man, it's my friend's name though, but she's not using it. My friend Laura. She we we wanted to do a we wanted to do one. It's like a name we had was Epic Cheeses. Epic Cheeses. That's <laughs> yes. a good one. See, it depends on what you plan to do. Yeah. Because the thing that sucks about Flush is I've gotten into a lot of horror movie stuff, and I've been doing a lot of other crazy stuff. And Flush sounds silly. <laughs> Now, the nice thing is, years later, after hating it for the last five years, I'm now at a place that I've come to terms with the name. Um, owning what, what's owning the, things is very important. What was the name again that you said? I, I was saying Mitten Face, but honestly, I don't have one that's known yet. Sure. So, and you just like sparked a marketing idea of my mind. If I'm not known for anything yet, I have the... the the world is my oyster at this point. Exactly. I can find something. From a marketing perspective, where you want to go to oh own it, but also think outside of that box. Oh, God. And you know this the most. I'm everywhere. Because it's like you throw anything at me, and if I don't know how to do it, I'll, I'll probably find out within a couple of days because it's like, well, I'm doing this now. Yeah. Because it's one of my favorite things to do because I hate 
doing one thing. And you're, yeah, you're all over, like, anyone can talk to me and know, oh, his stuff is going to be messed up. It's going to be dark. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I'm just a weird dude. But you... <laughs> My stuff's all over the place. I've done stuff for kids. I'll also, like, the comic book I'm writing right now is completely rated R yeah. because I needed an outlet because it's, like... And I mean, it goes everywhere. It's cursing like crazy. There's sex scenes in it. There's nudity. There's there's blood. There's all this. There's, there's so a much lot blood. of action there's, and blood. Yeah. There's a lot of action and blood. There's torture scenes. Uh, that's just like one side of it. There's also good stuff too. Like, well, not that that's not good stuff, but also there's. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's there's also like there's also butterflies there's, and unicorns and oh hearts. god no. <laughs> No, that's actually an interesting concept, though. If you had something with like torture and hearts and flowers, and <laughs> but I've seen something like that. Uh, have you ever seen Team Fortress Two? The intros. I'll yes. look up the pyro. I was gonna say I hate Fairyland as another. It's a comic book that's really good. Hmm. That it's like. It's a little girl with a giant axe who slaughters people, but it's very bright colors and really <gasps> I've fun. I've heard of this. I need. Yeah, I it's amazing. It's very, very fun. Oh, and it's like, and I like, but at the same time, even though I have a thing that's not that, it doesn't take itself serious too yeah. seriously. So I don't. It's a. It's dramatic. Like the story I'm going for is dramatic, but if you take yourself too seriously, then you kind of lose your audience and how depressing things can get yeah serious yeah there's a happy medium i think that you can find oh i add humor you, everywhere no you could go very serious and dark and pull a lot of people in or you could go the other direction and go very silly and pull a lot of people in but i think that you're finding this nice combination from yeah. the little bit that i've seen and i haven't even seen that much because i've basically uh, refused to read it oh, really? until it's like in its final form. Okay, so you want Be you want draft four. I want draft four exactly, okay. and that's what I've, I wanted. I want you to get to the point where you're like, I've started working on it now, ah. and then I can read it and be like. Oh, okay, here's legitimately... That'll be pretty soon. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have already, like, have read it from beginning to end, and so they're jaded by it. They've seen you progress, yeah. so they have this jaded idea of, like, well, this is better. Version 3 is better than version 1. I actually don't think I've had that. Really? With every version that people have read, they've actually been like, oh my god, this one's way better than your other one. Sure. Because it's been, like, the but first that's, But that's first what I mean. shit. <laughs> But what I mean is, like, they've all they've all seen it pro progress, so they're like, this one's way better than this one, yes. and this one's way better than this one. So they might not see an obvious thing that's wrong in it, like plot-wise, or like a, something that just maybe is, it could be done much better, because they're like, well, this it is better. Like, this character, let's just to say, for instance, there's one character that you yeah. think of as a certain way, and when that character started, they sucked. And then when you did it the second time, they were better. Yeah. And then when you did it the third time, they were even better then but then i might come in having never read any of it and see something negative or even just something that doesn't work with that character that you're like oh yeah. i completely missed that because <laughs> i improved the character so much well actually i started doing that because this is um i took the beta reading process very seriously with this one mainly because i didn't start beta readers until i found out like oh this is isn't going to be just a passion project we're actually going to be like uh, this job is ending. I'm like, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to do it. I'm going to go full in. I'm going to turn this into an actual career. And so I'm like, I'm going to get beta readers. I'm not just going to get beta readers. I'm going to get them in waves. Yeah. And so instead, I found people that were interested. And then I went, okay, these batch of people are going to be here since day one. Yeah. And then this, and then I kind of like graded it too, because some people I'd give batch, I'd give them the batch one revision, like not, uh, revisions, batch one like reading draft yeah. one. 
but they're like, eh, and they just didn't read it. I'm like, oh, then maybe they'll be interested in two. And I found out that it actually happened. So sure. I've have I've had people that have been on since the very beginning, some that have only been on from one draft, and then I now for this last draft have people who have never seen it before. And they're giving me that exact feedback. And I think that's good. <laughs> and I mean, and honestly, I would almost be less opposed to seeing your your rough panels, like rough art, as you're doing it. Oh, or yeah. then I can give more of a visual because when I read something, I don't always see it. Yeah, I'm not a good director in that sense because I mean, number one, I don't get a lot of stuff from outside. Well, that's not true. I guess every day we get stuff that we do that yeah. I have to see a script. Uh, I've, I, we're, we're visual people. We're it's, visual it's people, true. but regardless, I still prefer to see things and think of it from a director's like a visual. Uh, like I like to see it, and then when you when I see the way you drew the pictures. I can give criticism and critique to that over I think a lot of the people who are reading it may just see that and go like, that works. I can tell what's happening here. Yeah. I'll look at it and be like, I can tell what's happening, but you know how it would be more intense <laughs> is if you had this angle or this shot. And it's, it's true. And that's actually one of the things that I've been uh, like, I've been tearing like my, my hair out over because I'm like, okay, now that the story is good, how do I make sure the story comes across and the visuals the way it, they need to? Like sure. that's actually been something that I, 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 was, I wasn't going to start roughs until August, but because of this whole thing, I'm like, oh, but I want to make sure that I can go through it. I think I, I'm like, I'm starting roughs next month. Just, just, just because roughs, you can always change them. Exactly. Stick it's, figures, basically. Yeah. Do, and keep it rough. Here's yes. where this is. <laughs> I can definitely see... Uh, Lauren is the kind of person that <laughs> I wouldn't call you a perfectionist. You don't go so far as to not get things done yeah. or you're not scared to show things to people if they aren't completely finished yeah. or you're willing to t Twitch stream. Lauren also Twitch streams. Lauren does a I little bit of a little up. bit of everything. Like <laughs> Lauren does everything that I do except podcasting and live action filming. Like <laughs> you, Lauren does a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, rec I've recently got into backgrounds. That's new. <laughs> kind of, but you've been doing art like that for. I mean, like literal backgrounds for animation is new. But you've been doing a lot of that kind of painterly art for a long time, right? No, really? No, I have not. That's a new thing. That is uh, the painterly art. The non the digital painting really are like like I've been I've done acrylics for a while but even if you saw my acrylics they weren't nearly like this they were they were very graphic designy like uh, uh, a lot of shapes things and so then but it wasn't until oh gosh January this year I started doing painterly <laughs> really that's interesting because well, how did you start in animation how, oh this is how did I start well I was I went to the U of M to be a geneticist. And <laughs> as one does, as one does to get into animation, <laughs> but it's like, uh, I wanted to get into, basically I wanted to get into, uh, the medical field. I'm like, I got this cause I was obsessed with the human body and how it works. I'm like, I gotta make sure I gotta keep this study up. And then it's like, first it was all this stuff. And I jumped from one medical place to the other. I had art as a minor the whole time. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with art, but I know I want to get into it. So I'm like, okay, I'll get into it. So I jumped into it. And of course, there was the whole, are you sure you want to be an artist? What do you mean by jumped into it? I jumped into it. I mean, there was just one year I said, fuck it. 
this is my minor. I'm turning it into my major. Oh, okay. So you literally, you just jumped into it. Like, this is what I'm doing. Yes. Like, it wasn't. But it was general. I have no idea what specific thing I'm going to do. Sure. But here I go. And then. Uh, that's strange. That, to me, that's strange <laughs> that a school lets you just jump in, like, to just do something. Yeah. Without knowing what you're going to do. And it's not a critique of you. It's a critique yeah. of just the school <laughs> system in general. Oh, they're getting money out of me. That's pretty that's much all they how, care. That's, that's exactly what I was trying to get at. <laughs> It's like care. how they pushed me to do 3D animation the whole time, even though I obviously had zero interest and in, is none. I do not give a flying fuck about 3D animation. Oh, and, I, and when I was doing 3D animation, I was doing that just as much as 2D because uh, my internship was in was medical animation. Sure. <laughs> and, and but uh, which is mostly got, 3D, right? But how I got st- yeah, it's mostly 3D. How I got started was I was going to school at the U of M with my friend. Uh, yes. She decided two years in, she's like, I'm going to Ringling. I'm going to be an animator. And I looked at her and I went, you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I decided, you know what? I'm going to do that. And the U of M is terrible for animation, which is why I should have really followed her example and gone to a different school. But if you saw my work at the time, I was shit. It was really sad, the stuff that I was putting out, but I wouldn't give up. I'm just like, nope, nope, I got to keep doing this. This is what I really want. And I couldn't think of anything else. And she was amazing, still is amazing. And now she works for she works for Disney. She was just on Zootopia. And but like she's like seeing her do that was what made me go, I can do it, too. Like. I'm not as good as her yet, but I can be. And sure. so it's just, I think she had the talent right off the bat. Like, I say that she's probably like, no, I didn't. I had to work for it. That's what everyone says. Yeah. I don't know. It's a combination <laughs> of the two. We all have to have enough talent to give us the confidence to know yeah. that we can do it. I call it grit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, mine is grit. Because if you did see, oh, gosh, if you just, if you if you see, like, what I've done before I even started working with you, oh, God, I, I didn't even know how to use After Effects when I started that <laughs> Sure. So it's just been this these last three years has just been learning a crap ton and building up skills like crazy. Yeah, well After Effects is weird because it's not really what we're supposed to learn for animation and we kinda just fell into it. But the the fact of the matter is we maybe use a a software that isn't what we should be using for major animation. Yeah. But we've taught to be a part of the workforce and like I think the thing that we've learned the best is how to take criticisms and how oh, yeah. to uh take revision notes and that's something that a lot of people in any art struggle with is taking criticisms so true how do you feel about taking criticisms like do you do you like criticisms do you learn from criticisms and was it hard from the beginning to take criticisms no actually absolutely i can't get enough of that stuff i actually get the worst thing you can ever say to me is cool yeah. And I flip my I hate shit that too. on the inside. I'm like, I'm, there's, it's especially if they're the first person to see it. Like, uh, like, don't, don't take me wrong. If they're, like, it's more, most likely if they're a teacher and they're supposed to be telling me how to move forward, I hate it when they say that. Like, it's cool. anyone. But I'm going to like take a step back because like, uh, when it comes to criticism, there's an art to taking it and you can, you can pull anything out of stuff like that and here's what I've learned is some people will take criticism but they'll cherry pick only what they want to hear yeah there's that that happens a lot and then there's people that will only listen to the bad stuff and then they'll just let it sink in then they'll never do anything with their lives and then and then what I've found is everyone is different everybody and whenever you're asking for t- critique from someone 
nobody is the same person that they'll, they'll be the next day. Like every day they're in a different thing. Every They have different experiences. They're going to give critique different way. Yeah. And what I've learned is who I'm asking and, and like uh, what they're going to focus on. And so I've just learned, okay, like this person over here is really into character and dialogue. I know they'll give me a lot of dialogue changes and that's usually true. And every once in a while they'll give me something that's not dialogue, but most of the time that's what they'll focus on. And so I've learned that you can like the art of taking critique is huge because you have to learn what's actually going to help you yeah and what's going to hinder you yeah and you get those people who uh they'll throw out like 20 notes yeah and they're being hypercritical and you have to listen call those nitpicky they're nitpicking yeah and a lot of people will take that and they'll be like fuck that person like that sucks whereas I take those people and I go like well they gave me two bits of information that I can actually learn from and that's okay like I'm okay with that Whenever I a get, lot of people aren't okay with that that's true whenever I get nitpicky the first thing I think of is oh nitpicky they really liked it they're mm-hmm. really reaching yeah and- exactly <laughs> yes that's what it is I like that when people get nitpicky in that way because I'm like they were paying attention yes like because yeah not all bad critique is is all not all critique that they think is negative is bad like uh yeah. for an example uh i got in a critique from aaron and he ha- aaron is our boss aaron is our boss because I, I mean, he's one of my beta readers and he's he's had some great critiques so far and one of them was and you could take it negatively he said this line that this character said is cliche and he said that before too there's another character that didn't like oh i need to change that because that character wouldn't be cliche but this other character he's like it's cliche i'm like this character is a cliche. Yeah, that's this it, person it, would speak in cliches. And yeah, to, like, and most people would see that and go, "Oh no, it's a negative. I gotta change." It's like, no, 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 no. Do you, we all know people who speak in cliches? Yeah, you can have a character that does it. He's it an archetype. Them. Yeah, he or she is an archetype. So you well, can like, build with that. It, it yeah. lets people know that they're kind of a satire. Yes, using their. I watched one of those. Uh, uh, film sin videos or whatever they're called. It's like this guy goes through a, a movie and points yeah. out every sin in the movie. He pointed out all of these like horror film cliches in the movie Get Out. Those were some of my favorite parts of the movie were the cliches because they were very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, they it's were a, jokes. It's a very not cliche movie with these insanely cliche moments just to be fun. It's probably because it's such a serious movie. It needs to give you some lightheartedness and that's probably why, why they did it. <laughs> that's why... I, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, it's so good. But you... Uh, <laughs> I need to. It's you do need to. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny because you definitely take... I was I was basically setting you up to give that answer because oh, you no, take criticism well just like I do because we've learned together yeah. at our job to but, take uh, criticism well. People need to hear it though. It's like... Because uh, I've seen so many people like take criticism badly and then they oh, never make suck art it. again. And I'm like, oh... But uh, I went to the U of M and I had uh, Lynn Gray. He was known for making kids cry. And <laughs> which is, I actually, I love taking, whenever I hear, oh, this person makes you cry, I'm like, I'm taking it. Sure. I love it when teachers will make me cry because so far none of them have been able to, except one who told me I couldn't do something and then I proved him wrong because that's just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, but Lynn Gray just, he looked at my, like, my midterms and he went, Lauren, your art sucks. <laughs> I was like, huh. Oh. Well, why? 
<laughs> there was this kind of this hush over the room because I'm like, I really want to know. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Person who actually does make a living off of his art, why, why does it suck? I need to know this from the professional. And he, then he gave me a list of specifics. Mm-hmm. And basically what I learned was the reason why he gave that harsh critique at first is it was a bait. He was baiting me to see what kind of person I was. You know, uh, advice and criticism. Like there, recently I, I was taking advice from somebody and it was... He didn't listen to a single word I said. That and, is a good point. Holy yeah. shit, that's a good point. Yeah, he didn't listen to a single word I said. And get to, I knew he didn't because every time I was like, uh, yeah, he, he was like, oh, you should be doing this. You should be doing this because you'll need the photos for this later. And I'm like, I'm doing a graphic novel. This is for reference. But he kept forgetting. So I'm like, oh, hey, he's not listening to a word I'm saying. But the information he gave me was important. It wasn't really said in a good context like a helpful context but what he was saying was important sure so i'm like all right put kind that of. like kind of <laughs> but no, it was though like there was one thing you said that i took like as verbatim because it was amazing because i said i you know if this makes it he goes don't you dare talk like that you you don't talk about if it makes it you, yes you say it will make it and you always talk like that i'm like i'm taking that verbatim without totally. any salt i was talking on that <laughs> i did a podcast with that dude mike bloom and yeah. i caught myself halfway through saying like if you're if this comic comes out and then i immediately cut myself off <laughs> i was like when this comic comes out and you make the kickstarter yeah mother he made the kickstarter yeah. dude did it like that's amazing Congrats, Mike. Um, so yeah, I need to buy that. We're, we're, what are we talking? About? We're talking yeah, I'm criticism right. and advice and taking it with a grain of salt. Oh, I, I was I was, uh, I was yeah. just gonna finish like what I was bringing up is uh, sometimes you get advice and sometimes you think it's all negative, but quite honestly, you can still like get a lot from it as long as you don't stagnate on what was bad about it. But I think there's a difference. I like the fact that you brought up the term advice over criticism because mm, I keep saying mm-hmm. criticism. I don't think that's what I mean. I think yeah. I mean advice. And because a critique is very different than advice. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm like trying to figure out the definitions in my head. Like I need Webster standing next to me just going, a criticism is a noun. To verb. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to Google. I, uh, no, but like I think a criticism to me is just people talking about what's bad and good about something. Yeah. But advice also can have good and bad to it. Yeah. But well, it's, advice is usually someone's someone really deeply cares about you as a person and they want to make sure that you like they, they want you to do the thing they think is best for you. Why the fuck don't they call it advice in school? Why do they call it a critique? Because, well, well, it is a critique of work, but I think like advice is something you tell someone when they're about to like for, for their livelihood, like how they live their life. And a critique is more on the work. Is what I think is the difference. But it is our livelihood. <laughs> it like is. our art is. If you're if you're taking a, so, okay. So here's for instance, I took a I took a got a rabbit hole. I know totally. That's okay. We'll go into this really quick. We'll, that's all good. No, fuck it. Let's we'll save this for episode two. We're gonna talk about critique versus advice on the next episode. Uh, I was actually thinking about this like all day ever since I got that advice from from that person. Just because, it's like. Because it, I just want to like get this out before I forget. Sure. But like because I'm doing this thing, jumping feet first into into basically doing my own project, and it's something I've dreamed of doing since I was 11, sure. building my own project. People have I've started getting the oh um 
the the Minnesota comfort. Oh yeah, I know. God, no doubt. <laughs> I have that happening right now. It's like, don't you? Are you sure you don't just want to find someone else who's already done the thing you want to do and work for them instead? Exactly. It's what they're saying, but they're not. They're sugarcoating it in other ways. So don't you want stability? Yep. Especially in this political climate. <laughs> <laughs> Your Minnesota voice is great. <laughs> not even Which is funny. Yeah, so I was just gonna say <laughs> earlier. You said no, but you said a total Minnesota voice. I'm like, oh my god, you have oh, totally Jesus uh, Christ on uh, a bicycle now. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, I have to ask this question just because you'll be a per- you'll have you'll have an answer for it, and okay. I, I ask everyone this question as the last question on the first episode. Oh, the last one. Oh man, how long has it been? It's a half hour. Oh, we, we hit the half hour mark already. I shit. told you, it goes fast. <laughs> Lauren is all like, I don't know if I'll have enough to talk about. I'm like, you've have enough fucking enough to talk about, I promise you. You've lived your life. <laughs> um, so, right now, I have a time machine. Yeah. I have one right here. You have a time machine. Yep. You get to go back to between the ages of 12 and 15. Oh, fuck. You get to talk to yourself. You know that you are coming. So they're not, you aren't going to be like, ah! look at what you look like ah crazy yeah that you will know it's you and that you're giving it advice you have about a minute to talk to you a minute to talk to yeah you. yeah but you could just tell us the general idea of what you would say you don't have to you don't have to put it in a minute but okay what would you say what would i say to 12 to 15 year old me oh god that was when i was like in the that was when i was writing the most stories you know what i'm just gonna go go to me and go you're gonna make it <sighs> Just keep doing that. What you're doing right here—that's yeah. that's what you're gonna do for the rest of your life—and just keep that up. Just you'd don't... find yourself like while you were writing, like yeah. in the middle of writing, and just be like, "That, yep, this is the thing. Yep, keep that's going." The thing. You know what? That would probably push you forward even faster. It would. You know what I mean? Because that would make you go, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna do this." Even this, you would never have a regret as you're I doing would, it. You would never double. You never question it. Because that's the problem. The the reason why I'm. Oh God, I'm going to be 32 this weekend. I'm going to be 32 this weekend and have never like gone into doing this is because I did listen to people telling me, oh, you shouldn't do that. You of can't course. do that. Everyone and, does that. That's- exactly. And it's like, and, and but the thing is, is like, oh man, that was, that was when that was blooming. And it, quite honestly, to tell you the truth, I still talk to people who my like, like childhood games played with when I was a kid. And what started me doing all this whole story thing is they went, oh, God, after you moved away, we never played the same again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why is that? They're like, well, we didn't have anyone to tell us what the story was. Exactly. And I was like, oh, fuck, people don't think like that? And they're like, no, because well, it's like, you know, all the things I would do with Beanie Babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, I would, me and my sister had an entire, like, government system with factions <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> we were like, this faction doesn't get along with this faction, and this is the ruling class, and this per- person can't talk to that person because they're in different class systems, and then this person's trying to break out that's, of their class system. That's so fucking fascinating. <laughs> that's such a weird, like, opposite I still opposite have those Beanie of, Babies. Of <laughs> that's the, it's funny, that's so funny, like, reading the little bit of your comic I've read and what I know about it yeah. versus how I played with toys as a kid yeah. and the kind of comics and cartoons and videos I make. It's just, it shows you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Natural, like what you naturally did is very close to what you're pushing forward to next. And I found out, oh, that's really good advice. Like, and, and that's why I would want to give myself that simple of advice because I'm an overthinker. Yeah. So I can't spend a minute telling myself like all these crazy things. I have to literally just say, 
you're going to make it. That's the right thing. Keep doing what you're doing and then disappear. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And I think, well, that's just like what I was talking about with Flush Studios, where I keep doing all these things, being inspired by something else. But it's not me. Yeah. Like, that's not me. Me is a mon- two guys on a boat get killed by a monster <laughs> and I giggle as I watch it. Like, that is what I, that is how I played with toys. Like, nice. I, I would set up army men with a line of gasoline to them and light them on fire like some kind of psychopath <laughs> kid. And, oh, but that is awesome. who I am. Like, I am that kid who just wants to watch something aggressive. You just want to watch the world I burn. I just want to watch them. <laughs> no, I don't. The truth is, I don't want to watch the world burn. I just want to giggle at craziness. Oh, okay. Like, I just, watching an army man burn i i could have been killing frogs you know what i mean like i i could have you hear about like kids who do like crazy things like that yeah and i could have been doing that but that's not what i do was doing what i was doing was watching some because when you see me kill my two best friends uh, (laughs) on a boat with a monster like that is essentially what i did in sham you could easily go like he's crazy like all he did was put his friends on a boat had them fight each other and then a monster killed them but the truth is i just like to watch i like to watch these fun insane things happen because i know they're not real the irony being if i see blood i throw up yeah. Like, I cannot see myself bleed or anyone else bleed or I get, like, nauseous. I think oh, you're bringing up, like, like that actually like makes me think of the whole reason I even started writing. The thing I like to write, like, you write about people exploding or dying and these horrible, gruesome deaths. And mine is pushing a character to the farthest brinks I can. Like, yeah. pushing them to the point where they, they have to even go against their morals. Sure. Like, if you can get a character to do that, that's insane. Like, because... But pushing them to that so far, they have to make a decision that they normally wouldn't have, and they're going to regret horribly after, and then living with themselves after. Like that's the kind of stuff I do to my characters. Yeah, I'm so and, mean. But you can even, <laughs> but you can even see it in. I mean, if you if you go back to the factions that you were building out of Beanie Babies, <laughs> that the only reason you have factions is so you can have someone lesser than the other that needs to build up. And I it's always, underdog stories. Yeah, and I always focused on the two the clash of classes exactly and which is always fun and it's always like it's always the always the reason i do this is because it's my i found out it's just me doing a play of what i've seen of the world so this is just my way in fiction telling my way of how i view the world (laughs) sure yeah that totally makes sense and that's it's a fa- how artists work. <laughs> exactly. But it's a fascinating look at two very different ideas yeah. of the way we work. <laughs> but it's funny that we both can work together so well. Well, you give me the funnest things to do. You, you, my favorite thing is you'll give me a critique, a revision note, and it will be, this whole scene isn't working. Just d- see what you can do from scratch. <laughs> well, I find, and that's just my directing style, where I yeah. find that if I over-direct, I'm not using the talents of the talent that I've brought on. Like, yeah. I could easily... I could have found any other animator. I easily could have been like, Lauren is not working. I need to find a different animator. (laughs) But I trust that people that I have working with me will do a good job. And why do I want to over... I don't I don't want to oversell myself because my idea isn't necessarily great and I'd rather have you do something or any another animator or whoever do something that doesn't work but I get to see then what they're 
where that might work so like it's true you could do something that i'm like oh shit that isn't that doesn't work for this part it's not funny and instead of just being like or it just doesn't work whatever it doesn't sell the emotion and i'll just tell you straight up this doesn't sell the emotion we need to go in this direction and but then two episodes down the road i'll be like but remember that time you did that thing that we didn't get to use now we get to use it so (laughs) you're welcome we have to go out on that that's the end of the episode Lauren burping into the microphone. You're welcome. All right. We've got a whole other episode. If you want to hear it, uh, subscribe to the Patreon for $1. It's not that much money, and you're going to get another great episode out of Lauren. Probably a couple more burps. (laughs) It's true. If you keep giving me booze, it'll help. (laughs) All right. Until next time, I've been Josh. I'm Lauren. Don't let you meet love, folks. Woo! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.